0: I'm Jerry Steele and you are listening to season 4 of the Miss McBookworm Podcast. This is a podcast that brings you stories from Christian women. It's a space for women who write fiction to share their stories in audio form and ultimately to tell God's bigger stories through our smaller ones. This season, we're featuring writing from Chrissy Dallas. Now, once upon a time, I worked as a librarian in a K-12 school, and I read a lot of young adult literature then. But fast forward 15 years or so, and my career has shifted to academic libraries along with my reading. I just haven't read much young adult fiction in a long time. And until I started reading Chrissy's work, I didn't realize how much I had missed it. Her story that she shares on this season, Pink Snow, is absolutely delightful. Another one of her works, Wish Upon a Streaming Star, is fast-paced, fun, and funny. And if you read this one, you'll also get to check out the Kindle Vella platform, which we talk about in the interview. We've put a link to Chrissy's website in the show notes, and you can find all her work there. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Here's my interview with Chrissy
1: Dallas. All right, Chrissy, tell me about yourself and how you became a writer. Um, How did I become a writer? How does anybody become a writer? Like, I have been writing since I could hold a pencil and paper. Like, I just, that's always been in me to be a storyteller from the time I was a little girl. But how I became a professional writer really was born out of being a junior high teacher and reading uh, what my students were reading, watching their imaginations being captured and just wanting... To create something that would do the same thing for them. And so I started playing with this idea um, for a series and and yeah, and just kind of stepped full force into that. And that was like 13 years ago. Yeah. Now there's been lots of different projects going on since then. Well, that's that's fantastic.
0: Besides your teaching experience, is there anything that draws you to young adult fiction in particular?
1: Well, young adult fiction is so fun. I think adults are drawn to it because it's like all the firsts. Right. So like when you're reading young adult fiction, you're getting to experience first love, um, that first step into adulthood, um, finding your place in the world, what you're going to be outside of your family. Um, So I'm definitely drawn to it for those reasons but also I think that there was um, such a trend so many years ago where we started seeing young adult books become really dark and obviously that trend has continued and so part of reading with my students and wanting to um, create something for them I wanted to create something that pointed them to the light more and that it wasn't just glorifying dark things That makes,
0: yeah, that makes a lot of sense too. Um, So, do you ever see yourself writing outside of this genre or is this really where your heart is?
1: My heart is 100% with teens. Like, and I, as I've gotten into this industry, like I've really discovered um, that a lot of authors who write the young adult fiction are not necessarily writing for their audience. Like, they write for themselves, and then the publisher comes along and says, hey, this is really what we should, you know, put out for young adults. And so (laughs) I'm actually one of those that like keeps my audience in mind from the get-go. So, um, because I work with teenagers in youth ministry with my husband, um, and then I'm also a teacher. And, um, I think that that's just been my whole social realm. (laughs) And so I'm constantly engaging in conversations with them and, um, being a part of their lives and their experiences so I definitely, um, I definitely feel called to, to write for them. Now I will say this, my most recent, um, project on Kendall Vella, Wish Upon a Streaming Star has, um, an older brother in the storyline, um, who is actually, who has been very loved by a lot of my readers. And a lot of my readers on there are adults. And so I'm playing with the idea of maybe jumping into an adult romance, um, and telling his story, but it would still be on brand with me. Like I'm um, you know, I would it would still be like a sweet romance, you know, and have certain
0: values. You see the pattern, I think, in your in your work from one to another. And that mm-hmm. kind of leads into my next question. Um, uh, maybe talking a little bit about some of the similarities and differences um between your Phantom Island series and the Icarus Flight School and Wish Upon a Streaming
1: Star. So yes so when i started writing i was really kind of roped into this like fantasy author fantasy romance author genre and that's what i've primarily done for so long um so there's five books out in the phantom island series and the sixth book the final one is supposed to release later this year if i can get to that point um but there is only one book left in that so in the process of writing that then i jumped into icarus flight school which (laughs) That was actually like a 10 year long side project that almost killed me. Like I really thought it was never going to see the light of day. Um, And that one is a thriller. So it's a spy thriller um, pilots. um, I deal with a lot of themes of terrorism in that one. Um, And so that's probably my darkest one in the sense of, like, what the actual subject matter is, like, what they're dealing with, what the characters are dealing with. Um, And then Wish Upon a Streaming Star, because in Phantom Island and in Icarus Flight School, like, there's so many components of romantic comedy in both of those. And that's my favorite thing to write. Like, I love that aspect of the stories, I was like, you know, I think I just want to write like a pure rom-com, like total romantic comedy. And so Wish Upon a Streaming Star came to me um, in this fully formed idea. And so that's been my first attempt at romantic comedy and it's gotten hugely popular. And I'm so thankful for that right now. Um, But yeah, so all of them have elements of romantic comedy and there's definitely like a... The Chrissy Dallas brand happening there, so there's always action, lots of action, and there's always a romantic chord through the whole thing. And it's funny too because I, I like to write the the romance trope of um, friends to lovers, where those childhood friends becoming more. And I thought with Wish Upon a Streaming Star that I was writing enemies lovers like that kind of a trope turns out no they were actually like childhood friends but they've been in this like enemy state for the last year so it's funny even ultimately with that i'm still writing the same thing i guess that's my thing so i love that all right so fill me
0: in on the kindle vella experience because i feel like this is new to a lot of people even both as writers and as readers so just a kind of brief overview maybe of Mm -hmm. what how you would describe Kindle Vella and then why you chose that as a platform
1: Yeah. So Kindle Vela is uh, Amazon's new uh, platform for serial fiction telling. So if you've ever heard of Wattpad or Radish or places like that. So what that is, is where authors can write their stories each week and they produce, they put out a chapter a week or, you know, a certain schedule where they release their chapters. So Amazon launched that last July and we knew about it probably back last April um, they started talking about trying to get authors on the platform. And at the time, um, I had Icarus flight school complete um and was just kind of holding on to it. I just wasn't sure, you know, what I was gonna do with it, but I just was holding it. And it just felt like, you know, through prayer and um just this, I don't know. I just felt like it was, this was it. Like I was supposed to jump into Kindle Vella from the get go. So I started uploading episodes. I started with like 15 episodes so that when the platform launched um, for Amazon, that it would be ready to go. And sure enough, it was a hit. So what happens on Kindle Vella is there's, you pay by the chapter. So the first three episodes of every story is free um to any reader to sample and try and there's like a like button at the end and at the end of every chapter the author gives you author notes so some kind of insight about the writing process or you know anything they want to say to the reader they get to kind of break the fourth wall in between every chapter and talk about the writing process or the story itself or themselves and their background or history um so the first three chapters are free and then after that you get charged token. So it's not where you go buy an entire ebook, but like you buy a set of tokens, they have different packages and then you can spend those tokens on whatever story on Kindle Villa you want to. So, you know, if, if a story you start when you're like, oh, this isn't really, I don't want to keep paying for this. Like you can jump to another story and try it and spend tokens on that. And so it's kind of nice because if, if there is something that doesn't engage your interest, you don't have to keep, you know, paying money for it. Um, and they charge each chapter by word count. So if it's we, I think our chapters have to be anywhere from 500 to 5,000, maybe 600, 600 words to 5,000 words. And so then that's going to be either six tokens or fifty tokens up to that point. So it just depends on the word count. So you know, every chapter is different. Um, based at least for me, because I, you know, some of my chapters are longer than others. But that really kind of comes out to being like. A lot of my chapters are between 1600 words to 16 tokens and 30 tokens, which would be um, like basically like spending 30 cents or down to 16 cents. And then authors make royalties on half of that. So whatever the reader spent on their tokens, we get half of that. So I might make like 8 cents, you know, (laughs) for people reading a chapter. So that's kind of how it works. And then there's um, a lot of rankings. They have like a top faved leaderboard. And so whenever you buy tokens, you earn uh, each week one little crown that's called a fave. And you get to bestow that on your favorite um, story. So That's the competitive part of it, because as you get higher on the leaderboard, then other people can find your story more. And I have been so blessed because Icarus Flight School and then Wish Upon a Streaming Star both um, have spent time in top 25 the whole time that they were releasing episodes. Um, And sometimes, you know, up in the top 10, like the first day on launch, like Icarus hit number one and stayed in the top five. So and then Wish Upon a Streaming Star, we've gotten a lot more competitive on there. So I think right now I'm like currently number 16 overall. And that's, you know, that's overall stories on the platform. So it's a huge honor to that people want to keep giving me their pretty little crowns Um, (laughs) because those accrue. And as they come back every week, they get a new one. And if they give them to that story, then that story keeps accruing and keeps climbing up the leaderboard. So it's a whole different way to write. Mm -hmm. It's a whole different way to relate to your readers. Um, So, yeah. And they call the chapters episodes. So it's kind of like we've started, I've noticed like on, you know, uh, TV, they start producing like all of the, they release all the shows at once now and you can binge, you know, watch them all. Like you would read a whole book. And like, sometimes they call them chapters. And now here we are in the book world, you know, releasing one chapter at a time and calling them episodes like the old days on TV. <laughs> so we're switching buzzwords, I guess. In, that's entertainment. that's so
0: interesting. I had yeah. never thought of it that way. <laughs> of that, of
1: yeah. Like the So much is on
0: demand now, Mm -hmm. and then having to wait for something like builds that anticipation a little bit. Yeah. But you already have quite a few out because I'm making my way through Wish Upon a Streaming Star, so that kind of helps, like, mm -hmm. to have some lead time. But at some point, I'll have
1: to wait. I'm sure. Well, and right now it's been kind of cool because Amazon has continued through this first year giving people like 500 free tokens. Some two. It sometimes depends. You either get 200 or 500. I'm not sure what makes the difference there, but. Um, and then we can see when people who are new to the platform, the first time you get on to Kindle Vela, they'll offer that to you. And so we can see on our royalties, you know, if we're getting readers who are brand new to Kindle Vella and are spending their free tokens on us because we get no royalties on them. But then Amazon gives us bonuses for that. But um, so that's really cool because I have a high percentage of readers who come in on those first, you know, however many. um episodes that they can get in those free tokens and binge read the whole thing up to that point and then start buying and unlocking. And that's really that that always makes me feel good because I'm like, oh, somebody who was brand new to Kindle Vella started with me, <laughs> you know, so it's it's been a very interesting journey, um, but I have really enjoyed it. And it's created a lot of challenges for me um, as a writer to be on a deadline every week, you know? <laughs> which you have a journalism background. You know what it's like when you're on a deadline, you know, uh, that's pretty quick turnaround.
0: Yeah. I think that Kindle Bella is definitely worth exploring. Um, and I, I imagine that it's, it gives you some constraints that can sometimes be good, like in the way that writing prompts can be helpful in generating creativity. I think some of the constraints within like that system could be helpful with mm-hmm. that. Well, too. you
1: have to really think differently. Like, every episode has to end on a cliffhanger. Right. You know? Yes. Um, Or a moment that's going to make people want to come back. And Mm -hmm. you really can't, like, in those first few episodes, you really learn quickly. You can't waste time on backstory or, hit, or just boring things because people will get tired and move on to another story.
0: Yes. So those
1: first three episodes, you know, that's where we want to grab people that they want to keep unlocking and keep going. So, um, yeah, with serial fiction, it's, it's, there's no time to waste. <laughs> it's like every, every word has to matter and you have to keep the action moving and you have to have your cliffhangers in place, which, you know, readers hate me for them. <laughs> <laughs> but they come back every week. And right now we're sitting on a really big cliffhanger and, um, and yeah, and I've, I've got people just frustrated with me that I haven't gotten this new episode out. And the only reason I'm behind is because we were at camp with our students. So yeah, so it's coming soon. I promise if you're listening, <laughs> it's coming. Well, very good. Um, So talk to me a little bit about
0: social media, because I have you know, I've been following you on social media. You have a super engaging presence. Oh, you seem you. to enjoy the space. It seems very fun. And I think... <laughs> Most for, of the time. <laughs> yes. For me, I always feel... And I don't know if it's because I'm an introvert or just because... I've, you know, got a lot going on right now. It's always a little bit more of a slog and Mm -hmm. a little bit of responsibility. Like I love connecting one-on-one with people on there, Mm -hmm. but just sort of spending time on social media and really kind of that whole space. It can be tiring and draining, but it seems to be a little bit the opposite with you. And maybe I'm reading it wrong. (laughs) I'm glad it comes (laughs) across that way. (laughs) So talk to me a little about your social media experience and just kind of your strategy there.
1: Yeah. Well, you're not alone. There's a lot of people that uh, feel that way. I think for me, when I first even got on Facebook and social media, it was when the first time Facebook even opened up. Right. It was like 2007 where it opened up to people who were not just in college because it started as like a college thing. And we had so many students that were on there or college students or people. And so like a lot of our generation, we started getting on there. And so I kind of feel like it's a native thing. And ever since I got on, it was always to for the purpose of connecting with other people and living my life there in a way that I was be able to connect with other people. Well, then of course, like then there was MySpace and there was Zanga. I don't know oh, if anybody yes. remembers Zanga. <laughs> like, and I basically wherever my students went, because we were in youth ministry, you know, wherever our students went, that's where we went. We started a profile so that we could engage with their lives. And continue to connect and all that. Now, obviously, social media has changed so much, like over the years. But um, because of how I started that way, like I, I've just lived my life there and not in a way that was I'm just here to sell a product or a platform. And so I've always approached whether it's Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. <laughs> well, TikTok is a little different right now, um, but Twitter, whatever it is. I really try to be more intentional in like, here's who I am as a person. I have probably about five categories of my life that I post, try to post regularly on author life is like 20% of it. You know, that's just one part. The other part is mom life and then teacher life and then church and spiritual activities. Um, you know, and then, um, I can't even remember what the fifth one is right now. Um, like ministry life, you know? So I guess that would be under church life, but point being like, I don't make it all about selling something or all about who I'm as a writer. And I know a lot of people get on and do that. And especially, you know, people who are operating under pen names feel like that's kind of all they can really post about. Um, but I think that when you, you engage with people and you're on there because you really want to get to know, um, people or, or, you know, um, get to share pieces of your life with them and take in pieces of their life it changes how things are. So, I'm glad it comes across as <laughs> natural because there are some days like I think I we just went yesterday I didn't even post anything cuz I've been so busy. Um, but it is. It's, you know, trying to post something at least once a day and not overdoing it too. I think we feel this pressure sometimes like I have to keep producing content and material and it it doesn't always have to be that way, you know. Um, so I don't know. I think I just try to be the Chrissy Dallas brand I feel like has become me and not just my platform or my books. So, um, I want people to feel close to me. And I think in, in doing that, then maybe they'll connect more with my stories. Um, so I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I like the
0: way that you will incorporate feedback into your stories too, Mm -hmm. that you'll ask questions and do polls and, Use yes. that then to, um, you that's know, to shake the so story. Fun. Well, yeah. that's part of,
1: I think, the teacher in me, like, used to working with young people and, and whatever. But, yes, I do a lot of that. Like, so I'll ask questions or – and that's a cool thing in Kindle Vella right now, too. They started adding a feature where you can ask questions or there's a poll at the end of each episode. And so we get feedback from – whereas before we would only get to post an author note. But now – they can actually give us feedback on certain things, which has been super interesting, which is, again, another reason why I'm thinking about doing a spin-off and writing about this older this other character in Wish Upon a Streaming Star, because my fans seem to be very interested in him. And so I've kind of gathered that from the polls, too. Um, but, yeah, I think that um, I think people want to feel like they're seeing some transparency and not just like, oh, they're just trying to sell something to me or they are just you know, um, just trying to fill a spot in my newsfeed, you know, Um, whereas it's like, hey, this is actually something important going on in my life. And, you know, um, as a as an author and a Christian, it allows me to to share my faith in in doses and um, to be like, this is who I'm about, you know, Um, for people that find me on there. So.
0: Well, that leads perfectly into my next question, which is how does your faith inform your writing? and vice versa? Talk to me a little bit about that intersection?
1: Oh, every. I mean, it informs everything. Like there's no separation for me um in any part of my life. So whatever hat I'm wearing, whether it's mom, teacher, you know, youth ministry writing, um I keep my worldview goggles on, which I am, you know, come through biblical study and what the Bible has to say about about life. And so, um, so for sure that's a huge component, but I knew when I started writing that I didn't, um, I didn't want to write Christian fiction in that genre. I I should say, um, I wanted to write for a general audience, but in doing so because of who I am and because I keep my worldview (laughs) glasses on all the time, um, that flows into everything I write. And there's always a story or a message there without me even trying. I try not to be too didactic or you know, anything like that in, in my stories, but um, what you glorify matters. And especially with teenagers, like when I'm walking in the trenches with teenagers who are picking up the pieces of their lives from either bad choices or bad family lives or or whatever is going on, like I can't, there's certain things I cannot glorify because I've seen the darkness of it and I've seen uh, you know, what it's done and been the person to have to walk somebody through things that they may, you know, will will change their lives forever. And so in my stories, I want to represent that darkness accurately and I want to represent um, hard parts of life and and truth and reality. But I'm not going to glorify certain things. Um, so I think that's probably where the difference is for me. Um, there's no cuss words in my writing. And that's that's a personal thing. It's also like, as a teacher, how can you get onto a kid for cussing at school? Like, hey, can't use that language. But then, oh, hey, I use it in my books. You know, was <laughs> <laughs> like, no. So that's also made me a better writer because I have to find, like, alternative words sometimes or find other ways for the the characters to express their <laughs> frustration um which has led to some really hilarious uh you know character quirks and things in some of my stories um and i have you know very clear lines on because i write romance and i love writing romance i love first love and all those feelings and um the temptations that even come along with that and accurately portraying that but also like how can these characters also kind of have some boundaries in place and um how do their families come alongside them in that? And how do they navigate it in realistic ways? So, yeah, those are some ways that I try to well, that my worldview informs what I write, I guess. Nice.
0: Well, what's your next project? Tell me what's up next for you. <laughs> it's a great
1: question. <laughs> oh, that's kind of the question right now. Um I've found huge success on Kindle Villa and I'm very thankful for that. And I really have a heart for serial fiction now. And I think it's, (laughs) we were kind of talking before the podcast about I write long word counts and like I struggle with word count in serial fiction. It's great. I don't have to worry about that. (laughs) Like um, I can make my story as long as I want it. Um, So I do, I would like to write a spinoff or a sequel or season two to wish upon a streaming star. Um, and, of course, Earthbound, the last book in the Phantom Island series, is a huge priority. I've got, you know, all the people that have followed me all these years with that series are like, okay, we need to know how this is going to end. Um, the fifth book just came out in 2020 at the end of 2020. I'm having a hard time with that because that's the end of an era for me. That's what started me as an author. I've known those characters longer than I've known my human children. <laughs> it's hard to think about saying goodbye to them. Just finding the creative space to end their story well in the way I know I need to end it. So that's those are kind of the next couple of things, I think, coming down the road. We've put a link
0: to Chrissy's website in the show notes, and you can find all her work there. And just a note, we recorded this interview at Communion Neighborhood Cooperative in Richardson, Texas. They have a recording space and a co-working space there. So if you're in that area, it's a great place to check out and a great place to get a cup of coffee. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast.